Hey y'all, I'm back. All right, can we just talk about something real quick? The wonderful world of networking. I attended the Rachel Hollis Rise Business Conference last year. It was November 2019. And I stayed with one of my friends here in Michigan, and then we roomed with two other girls that we, well, neither of us had really met. Uh, My friend Sarah, though, was connected with one of them. And it was the ultimate girls weekend. We got to attend the conference. We all got to share our mindsets and share our goals with business and what it is that we do, which was incredible. And after this event, the, the woman, Brandy, that, that was who uh, we stayed with, which shout out to Brandy if you're listening to this. Thank you so much for this connection once again. Um, she messaged me after the conference a few months later and was like, hey, I have a friend, Valerie, um, out of Texas that's looking for a sex therapist to interview on her podcast. And so Valerie and I became connected and I've now been interviewed on her podcast twice. She's the host of the You Glow Girl podcast. Um, I'll definitely share that in the show notes for you. And in our talks in the last month or so, uh, the topic of OnlyFans has came up, right? And my last interview with her, we talked specifically about how sex work is actually real work. And you can still look sexy and maintain professionalism within the workplace. So I'm super excited to actually have her on today because in this talk around something specific as OnlyFans and having an account with them and using this as an additional source of income, I've been, I reached out to several uh, successful women on OnlyFans to interview them and I'm sure they get tons of DMs throughout the day. They might think I'm like some weirdo just wanting to, I don't know, get their money or something, who knows, but needless to say, they didn't respond back to me and thankfully I have my friend here, Valerie, that's going to be talking about her experience on OnlyFans and again, normalizing sex work as as a form of income. So to give you a background on Valerie, before we jump into this episode, she is the founder and the CEO of Lumos Created. Um, That's a Dallas-based content creation agency that specializes in website and graphic design, branding, the strategy, social media management, photography, video, blog writing, and Pinterest management. So she does many things, as you can hear from this list. And Valerie is the founder herself. And this is the mission of this company is to support women-owned businesses by enhancing their online presence and brand awareness, while also supporting females in the digital space. So this is a, a team of female creatives across the nation. And get this, y'all. She launched this company in 2018 when she was only the age of 24. So we got a real badass that's joining us today. And she has grown the company to be established as a a prominent agency in the Dallas community and is now expanding also into Los Angeles. In May of this year, she launched a sister company called Lumos Moments. And this is a lifestyle studio specializing in photography and videos for weddings, elopements, engagements, maternity, and and all the most important things in our life. And aside from that, as I said, she also has that You Glow Girl podcast, which I promise will be linked in the show notes here. And that is a podcast for the above average woman. So if you already love my podcast, I will encourage you to also check out Valerie's podcast. Um, But she interviews tons of people and experts on certain topics around wellness and mental health and business, finance, sex, mindset, adulting, all, all of the things in between. So without further ado... I'm super excited to introduce y'all to Valerie and for her to share with us her experience with OnlyFans.
to the Owning Your Sexual Self podcast, a place for you to listen and explore all things surrounding sex positivity. I'm your host, Rachel Main, sex therapist and educator, intimacy coach, awesome wife to my husband, Danny, board of directors member and team leader with Pure Romance, and best of all, a work-from-home dog mom to my favorite pups, Bane and Tater. After starting my Pure Romance business, I quickly learned how much sexuality education was lacking within my community and how much shame was placed on things like fantasies, masturbation, and sexual dysfunctions. I'm on a mission to make this world a more sex-positive place, and with this podcast, I hope to reach thousands of people. I'll bring real-life experiences to the surface and normalize them by offering a non-judgmental view. If you can get down with that, then tune in every Monday and let's change this fucking world. Hi, Valerie. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to chat. I was just telling in your intro that uh, you've had me on twice and so I'm super excited for now the tables to be turned and I felt like in our last episode I was picking your brain about all this OnlyFans stuff. It's so intriguing to me and I get asked about it so often. Um, So I'm really excited for you to share just your journey, what it's been like, the, the struggles. I know we've talked about that a little bit, but also the, I mean, income potential that this has for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm excited to chat about it. It's still a very new taboo thing to a lot of people, and it's really not anything too crazy. So I'm excited to chat and maybe normalize some of it, but also get some girls some money. <laughs> yes, we we are women and we love money. <laughs> um, so, all right, how how long ago was it that you learned about only? Well, yeah, how did you even learn about OnlyFans in the first place? And what was the moment when you were like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm going to do this. Like, take us back to that moment. Yeah, I think I first heard about it probably last year. Um, One of my best friends is on it, and it's her primary source of income, her full-time job, and she very much treats it like her full-time job. So I think I first heard about it from her and wasn't too sure what she was doing or what it was. You know, I mean, how often do we really dive into our friends' finances like that crazily? Um, So I think I first heard about it from her and then we were just casually chatting about it or about our money and like life and stresses and things like that. And she was like, you know, you should try it. And I was just thinking like, I mean, that's not something I can commit to full time. Is that even something I want to commit to? You know, it's the internet. And she was able to explain to me like her entire workflow, how it works. And I mean, it truly can be treated like a job and it can be structured just like any other form of income. And so I think I joined probably four months ago, maybe it hasn't been too long, but, um, I joined earlier this summer and figured, you know, what do I have to lose? Worst case scenario, I delete the account. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is that, I mean, is that really it? The whole, it's all new to me as well. So is it just like I decide I'm going to get an Instagram and I create an account and then now like how exactly does it work? Yeah, so OnlyFans is basically a monetized content creation platform. So, you know, YouTube is a content creation platform. You upload content. It's just not as public. So it is subscription based. Um, So basically the entire platform is, if anybody's familiar with Patreon, it's structured very similarly where you have a monthly subscription rate. So nobody can see your content unless they pay the subscription fee, which does create a little bit more privacy. And I think that's where it can actually uh, make people feel a little bit more comfortable starting one and trying it out because it isn't something where you know your friends can go creep on you unless they pay for it Mm -hmm. so um there is that 
like entry fee to it. And so the way it works is that, I mean, it really isn't just sex work either. It's not just, um, you know, that type of content. It's really open for any type of content that you want. I think it's just become a very popular platform for sex workers because it's very easy to monetize, very easy to use. Anybody can access it, um, but you really can do anything on there. So I know people who have yoga classes on there, monthly memberships, um, classes. It, it's really, it's initial purpose was really meant to be structured like Patreon. I think it's just become much more popular in the sex work industry. Um, but basically you have an account and you do get a W-9 just like you would as an independent contractor. You do pay taxes on the money you earn. Um, it's all very legal and um, basically OnlyFans copyrights any content that you make. So that does, you know, ideally ensure that nobody is screenshotting, screen recording or stealing any of your content and posting it elsewhere. Obviously that can be done anyways and it's hard to um, guarantee that but you do have the right to send a cease and desist because it is technically copyrighted hmm. um, so that's just another bit of peace of mind for a lot of people who may be nervous about it um i think the biggest thing is just you know understanding that it is on the internet and so although it's technically copyrighted in a secure platform it doesn't stop everyone from stealing it because there's a lot of shitty people out there mm -hmm. um but basically you set up your platform and you have your profile picture your bio and you put in you know your bank account where you want your money deposited you can choose to withdraw money daily you can choose to withdraw money monthly i personally have it monthly deposited so i don't really touch that money it's my extra side money um and then you just post content. And so that can literally be anything you want. You have a feed just like you do on Instagram where you can post anything on the feed that you want your monthly subscribers to have access to covered by their subscription fee. So for example, if your monthly fee is $10, anything on your feed, they can see with that $10. Hmm. So where the money really can rack up is in the pay-per-view messages. And so you can send out additional messages on um, through the platform and people can only view those if they pay for them so that's where girls or men as well that's where people and creators on there are making a lot of money because let's say you have a hundred people paying ten dollars a month that's you know a thousand dollars right there but if you're also sending out pay-per-view messages every day and even half of them are buying those daily and let's say they're ten dollars you know the math adds up real quick. So yeah. that's where you can really compound your income and OnlyFans takes 20% of all the revenue and then you get the other 80%. And so you can really make some, some good money on there. Yeah. <laughs> and how, so you said pay-per-view per day. So are these people like, do you, do you have to take a picture basically every day? Like somebody that's looking into this, do they, are they going to be, need to be like done up or new lingerie or new content every single day? Or do you feel like people more like almost like with podcasting, like you batch record, is it, do you batch your content, like photos and videos? Yeah, I mean, I think it's totally personal preference on how you do your work, how you function, what type of content you want to create. Um, I think in general, and just with my perspective of productivity, it makes more sense to batch create. And so I'll typically do a photo shoot with five or six outfits um, to get through two, three weeks of content. And then I do maybe two or three days a week, I'll make extra pay-per-view content. So it really just is up to your preference. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything wild. Basically, you want your pay-per-view content to be a little bit more exclusive than what you would put on your feed because you're charging more for it. Mm -hmm. You can also do custom content 
content. So if somebody has a specific request from you, um, you can charge them for that and then specifically send it to that person and only sell it to them. So that's obviously an option too. And I think that's a big um, thing to leverage for uh, people on there who are influencers or who have a large platform and you know they have subscribers who are specifically interested in that person or follow that specific person because of their status. So that's obviously super helpful. Um, but you really can do it however you want. If you want to post once or twice a week and that's it and never do pay-per-view, you can do that. But I think it also just comes down to, you know, business tactics that mm -hmm. if somebody's paying $10 a month, you want them to stick around for $10 a month because if you have a hundred people sticking around at $10 a month, that's a big difference. And then yeah. you obviously can increase your income by sending out additional messages. And so you want it to be enticing. So you do have to have a business idea to it and you obviously don't want to never ever post and then send out a message for a hundred dollars and everyone's like, well, I didn't even get anything for $10. You know, mm -hmm. you have to, it, it is a little bit of business, a little bit of sales to it as well. Hmm. Okay. So when you were making this decision to go forth with this, how, how did you kind of decide like what, what was going to be best for you in terms of your own personal content that you put out? Yeah. I mean, total disclaimer, like it is completely up to you what you put, like you do not in any way have to do porn or nudity to be on this platform. I think that's a common misconception. There are a lot of people who are, and that's perfectly fine, but you don't have to do that. At the end of the day, it's completely up to your discretion. It's your body, it's your content, and it's totally up to you. And if somebody even says, well, I'm paying this much, I should get this. You can say no, you can tell them to F off. You know, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's your page that you have monetized. Um, so I basically decided like, you know, I've worked at Twin Peaks and Hooters and I'm pretty comfortable in my body. I'm pretty comfortable being looked at. Um, so I decided like, you know, I'm comfortable doing implied lingerie shoots, anything like that. That was basically the standard that I was doing physically inside a restaurant. So I'm like, this is even more safe because mm -hmm. it's online and sure somebody could leak something, but it also doesn't mean like somebody's going to grab me or, you know, physically sexually harass me. Um, so that's kind of where I was comfortable. I was comfortable doing implied lingerie bikinis and that stuff, honestly, that was, you know, I was sometimes putting on my Instagram. So it's like, why put it on my Instagram for free when I can charge for it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's so good. What would you say were, when you were, again, deciding to do this, what was, what was your biggest fears or like worries or concerns that you had around it? I think there was just um, a little bit of insecurity, obviously. I think a lot of women feel like they're not, you know, maybe not hot enough to do this, or maybe their body doesn't look good enough to do this. And in reality, there's a market for everyone. Um, you know, there's, you know, specifically for women, there's guys on there who are willing to pay for really anything. Um, and this is why I hate when people say it's degrading. Cause I'm like, it's, if it's degrading to anyone, it's degrading to the men who are willing to empty their pockets to look at a picture of someone. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm grateful for it because I can make some money, but it's definitely, I don't feel degraded in any way. Um, but I think there's obviously the insecurity side of it where you may not feel comfortable posting or even taking pictures like that. Like maybe you don't feel like you look good enough. And I can absolutely understand that. I was struggling with body image issues a lot this year. And even starting it though, gave me a boost of confidence. It made me feel a little bit hot again. Um, obviously, your confidence sh shouldn't necessarily come from men or money, but it definitely is a little bit validating mm -hmm. to have somebody interested in paying to see how hot you are, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I'm confident either way, but I think, I mean, nobody could say 
like that, that doesn't, you know, give you a little bit of a boost. And so there's that side of it. I think that's obviously a hesitance. I think the fact that it's the internet, um, can be a little scary because I mean, they always say like, once it's on the internet, it's on the internet forever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's technically true. Um, so I think you just have to understand that whatever you put out there could potentially be leaked. And that's kind of my um, thought process when I create content is like, is this something uncomfortable being leaked? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where I know my limits is like, I, I also heard a ton of stuff from like on Twitter that people were like, you know, just shitty kids from like high school were finding out another girl from high school was on it. So they were finding the pictures, like subscribing, finding the pictures and sending it to their parents mm. and stuff like that. And like, that's yes. obviously just such a crappy thing to do to someone, but I do always just keep in mind, like, would I be comfortable with my parents seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so just things like that. And like, that's obviously up to your own personal preference and your own, um, personal like levels of comfort and everything. I have friends who do completely topless on OnlyFans. I have friends who do actual, you know, pornography on OnlyFans and it's just completely up to you and what you're comfortable with. I personally, um, am only comfortable with doing like implieds and lingerie and things like that. And that's just kind of where I'm keeping my limits and that may change, you know, that may change in the future, mm -hmm. but I always hear, um, I heard an interview with a porn star one time and she was like, you don't grow up as a little girl wanting to be a porn star. And she's like, you don't get into porn wanting to do anal on television. And she's like, you kind of just get comfortable and try things out and then realize, you know, maybe this is empowering to me or maybe this isn't, this is fine. And then, you know, you kind of figure it out along the way and mm -hmm. you never say never. Yeah. <laughs> um, cause she said that she started out doing implied selfies on Instagram, like way back in the day, um, before like mainstream porn. And now she does like full-blown like anal porn and she was like I didn't just wake up at 15 thinking that was my dream career <laughs> that is yeah that is super funny so do you mind if I ask because I know I know there's people curious I'm curious so for you as a person that is it is you're keeping it super tasteful you're doing bikini lingerie and stuff how how much income does that bring in on it on like an average monthly basis yeah, so it really depends on your platform. So I wouldn't say that the level of promiscuity that you put out there is what's going to generate the income. Mm -hmm. It's more so the marketing and the following. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I like myself and my friends who, you know, encourage women to use this. Um, it if you're looking for money, you don't have to get naked for it. Um, you just have to market your platform. And that's one of the biggest things with OnlyFans. And that's probably one of the hardest things about starting the account is that it, it is not a search engine. So it is not like Instagram where you can search hashtag, you know, brunette Mexican, like <laughs> I'm not going to pop up. You have to have the link to someone's specific platform and profile in order to subscribe to them. Mm -hmm. So it's not something where you can just put yourself out there and hashtag everything and then happen to be found by random people. You have to promote your, your profile. So if it is something you're wanting to do a little bit more low key under the table, maybe because you have a corporate job or your family or whatever, just know that you do have to promote it in order to make money and get subscribers. Um, so the way that I think you can really generate income is building up your platform. And so that's through promoting it on Instagram, promoting it on social media. And the money comes in because it compounds based on 
your subscriber base and then your pay-per-views. So it doesn't necessarily mean the more naked you are, the more money you make. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some people who do start the account and then see how easy it is to make money. And then they get frustrated that, you know, maybe they don't have as many subscribers as they want. So then they start to immediately, um, you know, do a little bit more than they were initially comfortable with. And like, that's still, I mean, they're choosing to do that, but you don't have to do that. I think it's just a matter of continuing to promote yourself and your platform in order to build that income. Um, So that can be done through Twitter. You know, you can do shout outs for shout outs with other girls on the platform or other men. There's a lot of men on the platform as well. Um, so that's the biggest thing is you don't, it, it's not correlated to how naked you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. And then for you as the person that's pushing the content, do you also have to pay a monthly fee or is it just the subscribers that pay? So it's just the subscribers that pay and the only money from me that goes to the platform is 20% of my revenue. So if you make 10 bucks, you know, it's 20% of that. Mm -hmm. Um, You can only cash out. I think there's a limit to like maybe 20 bucks. Like you have to have at least 20 bucks in earnings before you can like withdraw it. Um, So that's the nice part is that you are genuinely just creating content and, you know, creating content can become very expensive depending on how you do it. I, I know I have friends that do all of their content at home. They're just doing, you know, daily, like you can create like a style or an aesthetic to it, just like you would on Instagram. Like you can have a theme, a style, a vibe. Um, some people do, you know, I have a friend who always shoots at Airbnbs. And so she rents an Airbnb, hires a photographer, buys new outfits. So that can quickly mm-hmm. become a little bit expensive to create content. But at the end of the day, you know, as long as your content is good and engaging and, you know, you're providing something that's enticing to your subscribers, then, you know, you can still make money even if it like means you can get an airbnb or you can just do it at home in your bedroom Mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's worth mentioning so so somebody that's wanting to start an OnlyFans, they don't there's no money up front for them to start an account nope not at all Hmm. yeah it's just like just yeah you just create your account um you do have to have a valid driver's license and like i said they do give you a w9 so you should be paying taxes on your earnings um i think that I've, I found that, um, earlier this year, a lot of girls were reminding each other on social media, like you do have to pay taxes. Like if you're making, you know, I have friends making tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and it's like, you don't forget that that's, you know, income and you have to pay taxes on it. So don't get caught up in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That goes for any business owner that is listening right now, for sure. I think people think that it's um, very similar. You know, a lot of the girls on the platform or a lot of the girls who are more comfortable starting one have worked in some sort of, like, restaurant industry or restaurants as well. And, like, you know, there's a lot of ways around um, taxes and earnings there because you make so much cash. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where there's a lot of confusion of, like, well, it's similar to that. And it's like, well, it's not because you are withdrawing it and it's it's all accounted for somewhere so (laughs) just you know keep that in mind for sure is this something that you have decided to kind of keep to yourself or like I know you're married does your husband know family or is it something that is definitely more private for you yeah um you know I'm kind of just like I don't I'm not hiding it in any way I haven't necessarily promoted it a lot on my Instagram uh, mainly because my Instagram is more focused on my personal life and my business um, as an entrepreneur and honestly I was really I think one of the biggest hesitations for me was saying that I have the account because I there's no shame in it I don't think there's anything wrong with doing it but I was genuinely worried about what other people would think you know Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us can't help that sometimes so when I started the account I was 
worried that a lot of my clients or a lot of people in my network would either think that my business was struggling and that I just needed money and I was desperate to get it. Um, I think I was worried that, you know, because there's such a misconception as to what the platform is, that people would think that I just decided to do porn out of, you know, like survival during quarantine. Like, and so I was just genuinely worried about what people would think. And so I didn't promote it heavily. I wouldn't say I'm hiding it. You know, the link is in my link tree. I've told people that I'm on the platform. I'm, it's one of those things where I think there's absolutely nothing wrong with what I'm doing. It's my body. I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Mm -hmm. If a client or potential client or someone in my network has a problem with that, then I kind of have a problem with them because Mm -hmm. they really, it's none of their freaking business, you know? Yeah. And I did notice that a lot of people get a lot of backlash saying like, it's not feminist, um, or that it's degrading or that it's not sticking up for women by letting men sexualize you. And I think there's a really big empowering aspect, um, to owning your body and making money off of it. And so I just agree with all of that. And so I, I really just wanted to avoid a lot of the judgment that I knew I would get. Um, I am a sensitive person. And so I didn't want to have to justify my choices Mm -hmm. to tons of people who, you know, it's nobody's business what I do with my body or my money. Um, so it's, I wouldn't say I'm hiding it. It's definitely not something I put out into the world daily. Yeah. Um, but I have friends who do, who, you know, very casually put it on their stories every day to promote it because it is their primary source of income. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's just more of like a casual thing I'm doing on the side. Just like if I was bartending on the side, I wouldn't be, you know, screaming from the rooftops that I'm bartending on the side every day. So mm-hmm. it, I kind of treat it like that. Hmm. I like that. Yeah, that's a good point. But yes, my husband does know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's perfectly okay with it. Um, he's very progressive, very open-minded. And at the end of the day, it's my body. He doesn't own my body. My body is, you know, we're not very religious people. So there isn't the whole aspect of, you know, my body being reserved for him or anything like that. And I mean, he respects me and he respects my limits. And mm-hmm. so we had a conversation as to like what I'm comfortable putting online and what I'm not comfortable and you know, that's pretty much it. I mean, he loves helping me take pictures when I get new lingerie (laughs) in and, you know, he's really supportive and I also help pay our bills. So, I mean, if he wants to pay all of our bills and absolutely, you know, take care of our finances, then, you know, that's one thing, but we are in this together and money is money. (laughs) Yeah. And we like money again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is the entrepreneur life. We, we, take we take those opportunities when we see them and especially if they're a good one and you know as much as I do that you know sex sells sexuality sells that is very much our birthright and I 100% agree that this is yeah sex work is real work and it needs to be normalized and if you're if you're comfortable if you're confident in your own body and you're consenting to share that with other people it is nobody else's fucking opinion or they don't get a say in it and you're exactly the same for me. It's like, even when I started Pure Romance six years ago, people are like, oh, you're selling that stuff? You know, like, that's not a real job type thing. And I'm like, I assure you that the money I'm making is very real. And now, you know, yeah. I'm just like, look at the look at what I've created, you know, for myself. And that's all because you, be- you believe in yourself and you feel passionate about something. We move forward with it. I think there's definitely a stigma, completely unrelated to sex work, but I think there's a big stigma that you should have to work hard for your money. And obviously posting hot pictures of yourself isn't necessarily the hardest work in the world. And I think there's a really, really big grudge against people who do that. And I've noticed in the Twitter world um, that men really just want to talk shit about women who can make phenomenal money 
by doing less. And I think just in general, like whether it's, you know, an MLM or it's selling courses or, you know, whatever it may be, there's a lot of people out there who have, you know, worked hard for their money in their life who really just don't want people to get money easily. Mm-hmm. And I think it's ironic because with the digital world and as as we progress with technology it's only going to become easier and easier to make money whether you're a sex worker or not and I just think it's so interesting that there's so many people who you know let's say a mechanic like that's not something that you're going to be able to make money passively through and like you unfortunately are probably going to work really hard to make your money forever and I think it's there's a really weird dynamic on social media where people just want to hate on anybody who's earning money easily. And it's like, why, like, why do you care? Like, why do you have to, why do you want me to have to work really, really hard for my money? And I've also noticed um, that people want to immediately discredit anybody who makes money easily saying, you know, that's all you're good for is your body. That's all you're good for is your looks. That's all you can do. Why can't you get a real job? Mm -hmm. And it's like, why should they like Mm -hmm. my best friend, she makes, I mean, almost, half a million dollars a year on OnlyFans. And it's like, why would she go and get a quote unquote real job when she's doing just fine where she's at? Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is just so interesting is that people are so bitter about it. I was just going to say that they're so fucking bitter. I know. I know. Like it's not, it doesn't even have to do with the sex work at that point. It's like, you're just, obviously you've just got a problem with your own income. Yeah. Like if I decide I'm going to start knitting coin purses and selling them and people are buying, you know, it's like, who, who are you to have a say in what I'm doing in my life? I, oh, I know that, that always like fires me up. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I feel that. Yeah. It's definitely a weird dynamic. And I don't even think that's, you know, a sexist thing or a feminist thing. I think that's just, you know, people are angry and, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's also not my problem. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, I mean, that goes for anybody that's, that's listening to this and might be feeling some type of way, like the world is changing and it's moving quickly. So you better hop on the train or, yeah, or (laughs) sorry, not sorry. Like you've, you've chosen your fate essentially. Um, and that's, I mean, it's just like with any other business, Mm -hmm. you know, if you have two businesses, you know, like Netflix, for example, if Netflix had stuck with DVDs being mailed to you, they would have gone bankrupt. They Mm -hmm. had to progress and become digital. So it's just like any other business. You have to jump on the bandwagon or you're going to get left in the dust. Mm -hmm. And so it has nothing to do with, you know, not having enough talent. It's like, you're smart enough to jump on, you know, like, I don't think OnlyFans Mm -hmm. is going to stick around forever. It's, but you know, there's a wave of of it right now. And if you can make a ton of money right now, you know, why not jump on? Yeah. Till the next thing comes along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. So in our final words here <laughs> if somebody is if somebody is thinking about this what what inv- advice or encouragement would you give them to just take take the leap and try it yeah i mean i think you know, what do you have to lose? You know, if you're not comfortable posting anything, you know, too explicit and you're just going to post something that you may be usually posting for free on Instagram, go ahead and try it, put your link out there and see if you can, even if you make a couple hundred bucks for the first month and worst case scenario, you hate it and you take it down. I had a friend who, um, she started her account during COVID. She lost her job and she needed to make rent. So she started her account and she realized she wasn't super comfortable because, you know, at the end of the day, there are sleazy men on there asking you for nudes, like in Incessantly, and you just have to say no if that's not something you want to do and she just didn't really like it it made her feel kind of icky and she wasn't comfortable with it so she withdrew her money and deleted the account 
And that was that. So I think if that's what's holding you back and like you're willing to try it, then definitely try it. Um, You can reach out to people like me or other girls. You know, a lot of us are really supportive of helping other women feel comfortable, make their money and, you know, thrive in life. And so I think that's really important. Um, But I think there's a really big empowering aspect to it. And I think that's where people um, just don't get it sometimes. I hear a lot of women say, you know, it's degrading or you'll never meet a good man doing something like Mm -hmm. that or whatever. And it's like, at the end of the day, your body is yours, your money is yours, and you got to make it in life. You know, no one's going to hold your hand and, you know, pave the way for you. So I think, you know, you have to just make your own decisions for you. Don't worry about other people. Um, I know that's easier um, said than done, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I think there's a really empowering aspect to being on a platform like this because I know every single woman, unfortunately, can relate to being sexually harassed, whether that's verbally or physically. And we get, you know, sexualized in the freaking gas station you know you get sexualized on instagram so if men are going to do it i think the empowering part of being on a platform like OnlyFans, it's saying like okay no i'm going to tell you when you can sexualize me and i'm going to charge you for it and so it's really turning the tables and taking your power back and i think that's where a lot of women don't get it a lot of them say how could this possibly be empowering when you're literally allowing men to sexualize you and i'm just like look girl like you're probably sexualized in church. You're Mm -hmm. probably sexualized, you know, when you're, you know, at family with your dinner, like you're sexualized without your consent, the majority of your life. Mm -hmm. And so why not turn that around and say, all right, if you're going to do it incessantly, I'm going to at least charge you a pretty penny for it. Yeah. And decide how much you, how much you're going to charge for it, which I think is also amazing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And I I think that's the biggest revolution for platforms like this in the sex work industry is that it's really creating a safe place for people to have control. Um, I did see like an article that with platforms like this on the rise early in quarantine that a lot of sex workers who typically would be working in a strip club or escorts or anybody who's doing sex work in a more traditional way, um, that they felt a lot safer because Mm -hmm. they're not having to, you know, go out on the streets or public places and, you know, put their like actual like physical lives at risk. And so I think there's a lot that's going to come with um, OnlyFans and it really is going to be a revolution for sex work. And I think it's great for people who want to make extra money. I wouldn't consider myself a sex worker necessarily, but I think there's a lot of people who use this as a primary income and it's going to be huge for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Thank you again so much. I appreciate how open you are in answering the questions and just giving giving the advice and just normalizing all of this. Um, I know a lot of people, like I said, have been asking about this. So I'm sure that they're just like literally biting at the tips for me to finally put this episode out for them. So thank you again. This was awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, a lot of um, girls who are on OnlyFans, like myself included, like we're happy to help. So if it's something that you still have questions about, or you're still a little bit hesitant about, like feel free to DM me or any of the other girls. And, you know, I'm happy to elaborate if there's something that you're specifically concerned about, or maybe you even just want to like send me your pictures first and see if like (laughs) you're good to go. Like I'm happy to help in any way. Yeah. And how can they, I'll link it in the show notes, but how can they find you on your social media platforms? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It's at Valerie Rocio. That's R-O-C-I-O. And I'm really active on there. That's probably the best way to reach me. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter if you want. I'm not as active there, more politically. (laughs) Um, But Instagram's definitely the place to DM me. Awesome. Perfect. We'll link that. And um, 
yeah, for sure reach out to Valerie. She's always been helpful for me, as I said, along this journey of podcasting. And I'm just so grateful that Brandy connected us so a year ago, basically now at this point. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening today and helping me change the world by spreading sex positive awareness. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram under Rachel Main or check out my Linktree website in the show's bio for direct links to all my pages. You can also shop my Pure Romance store or become a Pure Romance business owner yourself by visiting pureromance.com slash Rachel Thank you again so, so much. Until next week, go out there and own your sexual self. Thank you.